So uh, I, I've heard something interesting about some of you guys. I don't know how many of you this is true of, but I've heard that sometimes while I'm preaching, some of you actually imagine shaving my facial hair. <laughs> and I just want to, I just want, we're in church. I just want to be real. Hands up if you've ever done that while I've preached. One, two, wow. Are you kidding me? That's like eight or nine people. Holy cow, you guys are freaky. Man, that's creepy, I'll tell you. No, I know, sometimes it gets so long, especially that other one I had with the minus beard thing going on and stuff. But uh, I was just thinking about that, and I was thinking, and I'm so thankful that none of you have followed through on that compulsion, you know? (laughs) I'm so glad that I haven't woken up in the middle of the night with one of you in my room, like shaving my face or something. And uh, as we've been talking about this series, Overflow. We've been talking about these compulsions. We've been talking about these things in our hearts that sometimes try to overflow and come out of us. And it seems like things like anger or jealousy or gossip or lust or fear, all these things, they they seem to just come out of our hearts. They seem to just kind of be the thing that eventually explodes. It's like sometimes there's no warning. Sometimes you didn't see it coming. Sometimes it feels like there was no stopping it. And so what we've been talking about for the last seven weeks now is that these issues in our heart, though they might feel like they're in control sometimes, the truth about you and I is that they're not in control. The truth is that if you're in a relationship with Jesus, then the Holy Spirit is in control. The Holy Spirit is in control of the overflow of your heart or the things that come out of your heart and my heart. So yes, we can still sin. Yes, we still sometimes uh, find ourselves that lust or jealousy or anger or pride or any of these things, but these are simply options now. They're not in charge. And so we've just been naming different kinds of sin struggles, different kinds of issues. We've talked about fear. We've talked about uh, unfaithfulness. We've talked about uh, the lack of joy that sometimes we can have in our lives. We've talked about the lack of love we can have sometimes in our lives, the anger, the unforgiveness. And, And we've really named them, and we've said these things aren't in control. The Holy Spirit is producing, we we talked about that first week in Galatians 5, these new things or these new, what's called in the Bible, these new fruits of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit's producing these new things in your heart and in my heart. And that's incredible news. And so what we've been simply doing for these seven weeks is asking this question, well, if that's true, then how can I cooperate with the Holy Spirit when it comes to each thing, when it comes to love or joy or peace or all these different things? How can I cooperate with the Holy Spirit so that these things are flowing out of my heart? Now, tonight I want to talk with you about another one, and uh, I'm going to have a little help tonight, which I'm really excited about. Six o'clock service was amazing. Um, If you are like a note taker, get out your iPhone, don't play, uh, you know, don't play any games. Take out your iPhone, uh, take out your notepad. I I know some people actually know what papers and pens still are. Take one of those out if you feel like it. And uh, there's a lot of wisdom that's going to be um, shared tonight, not by me. So um, what I'm excited about talking about tonight is gentleness. And when we hear about gentleness, up front we're like, this just seems like a waste of time. All the guys are thinking this is like a girly topic. We'll go out and play ba- you know, baseball or football or something, and you guys can sit around and talk about gentleness, right? Um, gentleness is not something that we often think about and pray for. Right? In fact, if I'm honest, I don't think I've ever really prayed for gentleness in my life. You know, I have never been up in my office and a guy come up to me after service and said, you know, repenting and crying. I don't have enough gentleness in my life. You're like, dude, you're crying. You have too much gentleness, you know, like, right? That's never happened before, okay? But the, re- the reason we don't pray for that is because we just misunderstand it. You see, you actually have prayed for gentleness before. I can almost guarantee it. You. you just didn't know that's what you were praying for because we know it normally as something else. But we hear this word gentle and we think that we're gonna get stepped on, you know, that we just kind of 
got to let people have their way. They're going to always kind of push us over, push us down. You know, they can do what they say and won't do what they want, just walk all over us and basically become George McFly from Back to the Future, right? Just be this like spineless little guy who gets bossed around and beat up and picked on. And the truth is, is that is not gentleness. And let me tell you this. If Jesus was known to be gentle, then this is something that we should want. And so what is gentleness? Well, let's look at the screens here. The, the Greek word that Paul uses here, this is the exact definition of it. It's the quality of not being overly impressed by a, sel- a sense of one's self-importance. I mean, I don't know about you, that's not what I thought gentleness was. We, we have this misconce- misconception of what it actually is. The quality of not being overly impressed by, by me, by how important I am. And so really what we're talking about tonight is humility. I would guess you've prayed for that. I would guess you've looked at someone in your life who's really affected you and you've noticed, wow, they are a humble person. There's somebody who I know I could go to and they're not gonna come off all arrogant and nasty. I mean, you think about gentleness and humility being linked and it makes a lot of sense because really the opposite of both of those things is pride, right? And so that makes sense. I mean, proud people are pushy and manipulative and that's not gentle. And so tonight, I want to talk with you guys about humility. And this is a huge thing. And as you're going to hear tonight, as, as John and I talk a little bit, humility, uh, pride, rather, is the root of all sin. It's honestly where sin started. So if you're coming here tonight and you're going, well, I don't really know about this gentleness or humility stuff. I got some other issues, though. It's very, very likely that if you can understand this pride issue, that it will really help you in other areas of your life overcome different sin issues. Something else we're going to dive into a little bit, and this is something I would guess a lot of you have wrestled with, is this thought and this interesting dynamic in your life that it seems like sometimes you're really proud and sometimes you're really insecure. You ever known somebody who is incredibly proud? They're probably also incredibly insecure. And so maybe you've looked at yourself and said, what is that? What's that dynamic about? And so we're going to dive into that tonight. But I'm really excited because the uh, wisdom that you're going to hear tonight and the insight you're going to get tonight, I really do believe will be a game changer for you. I think a lot of you will look back at this night and I already, being, just being at the six, man, I'm going to be sitting at my house taking notes at the podcast when I get a chance um, because I, I think you'll look back and realize that, man, this, this is a game changer and this is something that God really uses in your life. And so um, uh, I'm going to have John Contest come up. A lot of you guys know him as a teacher, as a dean of students at Smithtown Christian. And, uh, oh, wow, standing, standing. <laughs> but uh, John's been a great friend. Uh, he was my teacher back in the day, um, made me actually care about history, and more than that, God, because he, he's, he's a smart guy. He kind of cloaks his, his history class. He, he calls it history. It's really, a lot of the times, a Bible class, which is great. Um, but I learned so much from this guy, too, like Joey said. Um, still have notes written in the Bible that uh, he would give in 12th grade you know, history slash Bible class. And um, just an amazing friend. And um, as I thought about humility, as I thought about talking about this thing, um, I just knew I had to call him and talk, talk with him and uh, get, get him up here. So thanks for being here, man. Uh, he's also a mentor, man. I mean, this guy, I meet with four guys throughout the year on a, on a consistent basis and just give them access to my life and say, hey, man, Tell me if I'm being a jerk here or, or ask me the, any question you want. And he's one of the guys I, I sit with a lot and we do that. So that's amazing. So thanks, man. Thanks for being here. Um, so when I first called you and asked you to do this, um, 
I said, hey man, I'm thinking about doing this talk on humility and pride and I would love for you to come. You've really impacted me in this area and I think of you as a humble guy and you kind of just said, uh, yeah, well, whatever with all that stuff, but I'll be there. So why was that your response to sort of the, uh, the things that I said to you? Because it's very easy for your ego to be stroked when someone says something like that to you. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like on guard for that because there's a tendency in me to be like, oh, wow, yeah, wow. You know, so I'm careful with that. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't trust myself. You know, yeah, yeah, definitely. Where pride can sneak in very, very easily. Mm, yeah. And not that I have no pride, I have pride, but I'm yeah. saying that you're trying to keep it in check all the time. Absolutely. So it doesn't get in the way. Absolutely, yeah, and we want to make this clear up front. We are not, you know, perfect people here. We struggle with pride. We have issues. Um, close. Was close. <laughs> I was gonna, that's funny. You see, he, he, he made a joke about me being good. I was going to say him more than me struggles with pride. So here, see that? Even that's humble. He's, he's joking in my favor. So. But, uh, he's very proud that he doesn't struggle with That's pride. right. I'm super proud of that, man. So <laughs> it's, it's awesome. It's one of my better qualities. But um, I, as, as I was writing on Twitter today, you know, I, wrote, I joked about that. I wrote something about how like, it's, pride's hard to see in the mirror. In, in, in that, you know, we often think of other people that need to hear this message. You know, as I started talking about pride tonight, you're thinking, I wish my dad was here, or I wish my child were here, or I wish that professor were here, or that friend, right? And it's hard to see in the mirror, right? I mean, uh, what, what is one of the indicators in your, in your experience of your own life, like, wow, something just went off, I didn't need to get with God and get, get my heart right? I have like a million of those. Okay. <laughs> But, I mean, I, I was just thinking about another one the other day uh, that happened to me last year. I was telling my class, because my wife's always telling me, you got to be calm when you drive. You know? <laughs> right, right. So I'm like, you know what? Yeah, it's not worth it. I live on Long Island. There's a lot of traffic. It's crazy. So I'm, you know, I, I had like a good two or three weeks. I was on a roll. So I made the mistake of mentioning that in my, one of my classes. That, you know, that's one thing I feel like finally <laughs> yeah. getting under control. I'm going home at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, whatever time it was, and the part where the road merges... I'm coming in, and this other guy's coming in. I'm going, nah, let me, let me be cool. Pull up, on the, you know, pull up on the gas, and this guy goes by me. And as he goes by me, he kind of does one of these. You get behind me. And as soon as he did that, I got so angry. <laughs> I said, okay, God, I guess I'm not even close to you. <laughs> yeah, right, so, right, right. You know, there's a million things that happen like that all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I also don't want to, sometimes when we talk about these things, it's like, well, you can't help it, you're only human. But you're really not. Yeah, man. Yeah. You, you have the potential to overcome these things That's right. if you stay conscious about it. Mm. Not that you no one's perfect, but yeah. that you can work on it yeah, and man. get better at it. Yeah, new overflow, right? Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Um, a, couple of years, uh, a couple of years ago, gosh, 10 years ago, you sat in my dining room with my wife and uh, your wife, and we talked, and I remember um, just trying to catch you up on what was going on in my life, and I'm, I just remember... I'm throwing out all these big ideas to you, all that Doug's going to do on Long Island, all these great things, and I have these visions I have for what God could do among the youth and young adults and all this stuff. And I remember you, just without making me feel like an idiot, you just looked back at me and just kind of said, you know, I really find it's about the day-to-day stuff. It's about the little stuff. Like, I was talking real big, and you kind of just brought me back down out of the clouds, which you continue to do, by the way. I mean, every time I sit with this guy at one of our meetings, that's pretty much what he's doing. He keeps pulling me back, you know, and all right, Doug, we're still on planet Earth here. We're still, you know, just walking it out. And he's encouraging me in the vision too, but you've had a big influence on me when it comes to the day-to-day. So why is that so important? Well, 
to me, that's what makes everyone a success, the day-to-day -day stuff. If you're in the Olympics, you must have, for years and years, got up early, trained, did all that, and now someone's watching the end. Yeah, party. yeah. But it, right. was the, it was the consistent discipline that you did on daily decisions that you made. And I we mentioned it before, C.S. Lewis said, Satan's not afraid of your big resolutions and these big major plans that you have and you do all these great things. What he fears is the moment-by-moment -moment decisions you make because that's who ends up making you yeah. who you are. Yeah. So, so if I want to lose weight, it's that decision I make right now, the salad or the cheeseburger. Yeah. You know, and it keeps adding up. Yeah, yeah. I make the wrong decision, the cheeseburger all the time, which I do. <laughs> uh, then you have a, you know, but it's everything in life. Every yeah, single yeah. thing is like that. Yeah. You know, you want to argue with your wife or you don't want to argue with your wife. I'm, it's not going to be worth it. I'm not going to argue with my wife on this one. Yeah. I'm just going to find another way. God, give me the grace or whatever. Yeah. And those are the things that really change you. Hmm. New Year's resolutions probably never changed anybody. Yeah, yeah. But daily decisions do. Cool. So uh, faithfulness, humility. Last week we talked about faithfulness. And I tried to drive home the point to myself and everyone here that now matters, right? Now matters. What I do today is important. And so how do you see faithfulness and humility kind of working together? Well, if I'm faithful to God, and part of that is being humble before God, but if I'm faithful and surrendered to God, things are going to change in my life for the better. I'm mm. going to have a greater impact on the people around me. Uh, if you're faithful in a little, you're going to be faithful in a lot. I, I can look at a student right now. Maybe they're even struggling. Maybe they even have a learning disability. But I see that they're phenomenally diligent every single day, very faithful to do everything they're going to do. Yeah. You find later on that they're very successful, mm. very successful. I know a person whose daughter could maybe, maybe hit a 70 average with really struggling but was faithful, 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 created new strategies you know, in her educational field yeah. and went to Adelphi and was on the dean's list for four years. Wow. Yeah. So, but again, it takes that daily faithfulness and the humility before God, not be full of pride. And again, we're talking about pride and insecurity r running together. Yeah. Right? If I'm insecure, I have to make up for it with, with an attitude yeah. or show off or be arrogant because I really don't think I'm good at it. Yeah, yeah, Someone right. who's really good at something isn't worried. Michael Jordan's not worried. Gee, I don't know if I can play basketball right now. I'm going to look bad. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so you can make fun of him all day long. He doesn't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so let's talk about the insecurity pride thing because I, I would guess a lot of us in the room have felt that or seen that in somebody like we can tend to do better than in ourselves. Um, so what's the deal with that? Why can I be so insecure sometimes and then yet come across so arrogant? Yeah, the next minute or second. Well, it's because I'm insecure. Like if okay. I, if I, if I knew, people are always, there's a, such a tremendous desire in the human mind and heart to be significant, mm. to count for yeah. something. Yeah. So we need to find a way to do that. And we will push our way because we're so insecure. We want to be significant. Mm. We'll allow pride and arrogance to step in rather than finding our identity and significance in Christ and then allow the fruit of the Spirit to operate through our lives, yeah. humble ourselves before God. So that's where insecurity and pride always run together. They're always coexisting. Yeah. You just happen to be hearing the guy act arrogantly huh. right now. But it's, it's evidence that he's insecure. Because wow. if you know you're good at something, if, you know, if you're a great musician, I don't think that, uh, what's his name, Bocelli, is worried if you make fun yeah, of yeah. the way he sings. Yeah. You know, he just knows he's good. It's not, it's not arrogance. Right. Yeah. He knows he has a yeah. gift. He's yeah. got a beautiful voice. And he's honed it, and he's thankful for it, but he can sing. Yeah. He doesn't have to prove anything to anybody. Right, right, yeah, okay. So to, to those of us in the room that would say, man, it, it seems like I'm insecure, so I'm 
trying to make up for it with this over the top, in your face, uh, constantly walking around like nothing phases me, right? Tough guy, tough girl, um, you know. So then what, what is the answer to that? Because that, I feel like, is such a, a key, especially among us younger people, trying to figure that out. Like, what is that? Like, why? What, what do I do about that? You're, you're always going to have that, even if you're an adult, unless you really find your identity and significance in Christ. There's, there's no way around that. You're going to have to be... It's like a husband and wife trying to get position on each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, trying yeah. to manipulate the other one, yeah. control the other one. If, if you know that... I love my wife... But if my, life said, if my wife said to me, I'm leaving you if you're going to serve God, I don't even have to pray about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'll still be heartbroken. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to pray about it. Because I know who I am in God, you know, to the yeah. degree that I do. Not that I have any big handle on it. Right, right. You know? But that's the most significant thing in my life. Everything else flows out of that. So I'm not going to be... I'm not trying to push anything. If, yeah, if, you, if yeah. you said to me today, last minute, oh, John, you know what? We, we got this guy. He flew in. We didn't know he was coming. We're doing something different. I'd be like, oh, great. You know, and mm. have a seat. It's, yeah. it's no big deal. Yeah. You know, everybody here has gifts, every single person, and talents, and God's going to use them. I, I think of the gifts of the Spirit in um, 1 Corinthians 12, and Paul goes at length on them. And you can get books on them and studies on them and everything yeah. else. At the end of the chapter, he says, you know, you should covet these gifts and you really yeah. should go after them. And then he says the greatest thing. He goes, I'll show you a more excellent way. Mm. And he goes into the whole love chapter. Yeah. You know, so that when you, when you start practicing those things, you're, you're, the insecurity is not controlling you anymore. Yeah. And, the, okay. and then therefore the pride is going to come down. Okay. So if the answer to the insecurity issue, which shows itself as pride, is knowing who I am in Jesus, then I want you to tell everybody who they are in Jesus. Just what do you got? <laughs> well, there's a million things. Obviously, the Bible, beyond a bunch of other things, is a love letter from God. I mean, the Bible says he knew you before the foundations of the earth. He created you in your mother's womb. He died on a cross for you. He never forsakes you. He loves you. You're the apple of his eye. Uh, it's unending. Yeah. But which, you know, why does a young girl fall in love with a guy and end up doing the wrong thing? Because she wants to be significant. Mm. She wants to count. She's got someone who really loves her. Well, if she would have put her mind on Christ, yeah. he would have brought the right man eventually to her and she right. would have been blessed right. in that area yeah. too. Yeah. But it's like putting the cart before the horse, you know? Mm. If you don't get yourself right with God and know who he is and who you are in relation to him, every, whether it's going to be money or drugs, or sexual things, or whatever it's yeah. going to be, you're going to ch- maybe fame or success, and you're going to chase after those things, and you're going to find out, like everybody does when you get there, hmm. it's empty, yeah. because you still don't feel right inside about who you are. Wow. I mean, why do so many rich people do drugs, go through five, six marriages, yeah. commit suicide? I mean, they, they've reached it. They're, they're there. This yeah. is it. Yeah. Wow, this is great. But they're still totally insecure. Hmm. So how would you give these guys practical advice of how to find themselves in God, how to find that identity in Jesus? Well, how did I develop a relationship with my wife and my kids? I spent time with them. Mm. So if I don't spend time with God and the people of God and focused on God, it's never going to happen. It's not going to just happen automatically when I'm walking down the street. I could get saved. I could get a revelation of who God is, Mm. but I'm going to have to develop that relationship through prayer, through devotional time, reading the word. And I mentioned this before, that sometimes that seems like a job to do. Yeah. So sometimes things are that way. They start off as a duty. Uh, I just need to do it. It's a responsibility. I need to do it. It becomes a discipline, 
and eventually can become a delight in your life. Ask somebody who jogs or runs. When they first started doing it, they probably were exhausted, their knees were hurting, yeah. they, you know, they couldn't breathe, and they just kept doing it. And talk to them five years later, when they don't do it, they're upset. Right. Sorts, and, <laughs> you know, you, it's, it's like anything else. There's no magic to it. Spend time with God. Mm. Spend time in his word. Instead of your head being filled with the things of this world, I could go have a mid... It's too late to have a midlife crisis because I'm <laughs> But I could have a midlife crisis if I spent this whole weekend thinking about what the world says. Yeah. What yeah. success is, this and that. You mm. never got to do this or you didn't do that or you could have done that. You know, but if I keep my mind on Christ and on his word, I feel completely fulfilled. I feel... As much as I feel like I'm a knucklehead, which I am, <laughs> uh, I also feel like I'm God's boy, too. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because my identity is there. Yeah. So even if everybody's mad at me and right, loves me, right. I'm still doing okay. I don't, yeah. I don't want everybody mad sure, at me. Sure, sure. But if they are, I can handle it. Yeah, and that's, I think, especially for those of us who know this guy and have, you know, been in his classes and stuff, I think that's such an interesting thing because I think that's one of the things that probably draws people to you, whether you realize that or not, is that you are just you and you have this confidence in Christ about you and there's not a show, there's not a fakeness, there's not like this thing you put on to try to get people in, you know what I mean? And that, it's so cool to see that at work. I, like, I, like Just so you guys know who know him, like that's probably what you're drawn to is the fact that he knows he's God's, he's comfortable in that, and so he's just going to live life. He's going to let God lead him. And if he's got to say something hard, he's going to say something hard. He's got to you know, do something that he doesn't want to do, he's going to do it. And uh, I think that's one of the things that we are drawn to um, and blessed by. So I love that. And, and, and how freeing is that? I mean, we, we all know what it's like to walk around and have to try to get people to like us or put on this image thing. Or, and uh, what a freeing thing. Just be who God made you to be and love it and enjoy it. Um, so I, I appreciate that. Um, one quick thing. Yeah. A classic thing that people say, they like to say, you know, sometimes it comes out of pride. You know, I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, which is a total lie. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, they care about whatever. Everybody cares what people <laughs> say. Ladies, you change your hairstyle and you walk into school or work, and you're like almost like nervous. What are they going to say? And you don't want to hear someone go, "Oh, you cut your hair." You don't want you don't want to hear that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you look great, right? I mean, that's the way it is. But I think the balance is this: I care what people say if I know those people care about me. Then I care. That's good. If I know someone just doesn't like me, wants to attack me, wants to insult me, make fun of me, put yeah, me down, yeah. I'm blowing it off. It's good. But if you come yeah. to me and say to me, you know, John, you seem really angry lately, the last couple of times, even the way you're talking to your wife, that, that would mean something to me. Yeah. Because yeah. I know you care about me and I care about you. I'd be like, something, something's not right here. Yeah, yeah. You know, but if someone out of the blue just wants to make fun of me, yeah. I'm, cool. not, I'm just going to blow it off. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What's the difference between um, thinking, say, like poorly of yourself and humility? Uh, thinking poorly of yourself is not of God because you're actually going against what the Word of God says about you, mm. that you're fearfully and wonderfully made and yeah, has yeah. this great purpose and plan for you. So some people think that is, is humility. Yeah. But it's, well, it's I'm just really, bad and yeah, I stink at everything. It's a, yeah. Our carnal flesh is evil and bad. There's no doubt about it. We all yeah. have a sinful nature. Yeah. And we can all go that way. But when you read Romans 7, 8, and 9, 5, 6, and 7, even into 8, you get a whole thing on that, that sin no longer has dominion over you. Yeah. You're dead to sin. You're alive unto God, the new man, not the old man. Yeah. And that's where we should, we, we should live out of that. Yeah. We should live out of that. Definitely. Why is pride so anti-God? Well, Satan's the best example of that, right? Yeah. 
He said, I'll be like the Most High God, leads a rebellion in heaven. Uh, pride is the one sin that will absolutely keep you from God. Hmm. Like, you could be a drug dealer, a prostitute, a thief, a murderer, wow. and feel like garbage about yourself. You, you, you don't even want to walk into this church. Oh, my God, I, I can't even walk in there because you just have such a horrible opinion of yourself, even though you made choices and did those things. But if you're proud, you're like, man, I got my life together. I never hurt anybody. I never did yeah, this. Yeah. You, know, you think that. So God can't even begin to work. It's wow. like the uh, parable with the uh, tax collector and the uh, Pharisee. Tax collector couldn't even look up, begging for forgiveness, knew he was really yeah. doing some bad things. And the Pharisee's prayer wasn't for forgiveness or repentance. It was, hey, God, I'm really glad you didn't make me like him. Yeah, right. Which one left forgiven, Jesus said. Mm, yeah. So it's, it, you, you, I've seen real quiet people that talk really soft and gentle, and they feel the pride. Mm. And I've seen people that are kind of a little more extroverted, and they don't have an ounce of pride in them. Yeah. Yeah. I shouldn't say it now, but yeah, you know, they, yeah. they, they're just who they are, and that's who they are. Right. So it's not something you just contrive humility. You yeah. know, it's really surrendering to God. Okay, yeah, cool. Uh, being that we have a lot of younger people, a lot of people still involved with parents, um, whether they're transitioning, a lot of people in that awkward phase of like, um, I'm in college now, but my parents are still trying to tell me what to do. Uh, how does humility play itself out in that scenario? Well, God says you still have to honor your parents. If you're okay. living under their roof or you're still under their authority that knows they're paying for your college and taking care of you and you're not independent or you're not married, you're still under them. But even when you're married, you still have to honor your mother and father. So you can disagree with them. You can't. In fact, there's no place in the Bible that says you have to love your parents, actually. It says you have to <laughs> honor them and respect them. You got to love everybody. But yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no specific place in huh. the Bible that says you have to love your parents. But you, you have to honor them. And I told the story before when I was 28 years old, 29 years old, my car broke down, and my dad was going to Greece for a month. So I asked him, Dad, while you're in Greece, can I use your car? Because mine's going to be fixed in a week or so. He said, fine. He says, I'll take it on Sunday. I'll bring it back next Sunday. He said, fine. So my car was being worked on. Went and picked it up. My mom does not drive. She never drove. So I went to pick up the car so I could go to work and do what I had to do. A week comes and goes, and my car is not repaired. So I call up my mom, and I say, Mom, I think I'm going to keep the car another few days, maybe a week because uh, my car's still not ready and I gotta get to work. And Pop's not coming home for another three weeks, so that shouldn't be a problem. Well, you told your father you were gonna bring the car after one week. Okay, I know, but <laughs> my car broke down, you're not using it, it's just gonna sit and drive. He would never mind if I used it to go to work. No, no, you have to be a person of your word. I, you need to bring that car home today. So I had to get a ride. I brought the car there. One of my uncles <laughs> met me there. And he was like, what are you, is your car fixed? Not yet. What are you going to do? I don't know. I was so angry driving down 347 to my mother's house. But by the time I got there, God calmed me down. I went in, gave her the keys, was very polite. And she actually said to me, actually, you sounded a little bit, you know, edgy over the phone. You know? <laughs> and I said, well, I'm sorry about that. Wow. You know? Yeah. And I walked out of there and had a cop rides for the rest of the week. Now, that was 30 years ago. My mother was 100% wrong. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. But got yeah. to honor my mother. And you were 28, not living at home, with a, with a and wife kids. and kids. Yeah. And you still yeah. honored your because mom that way. You know, just do what's right. If you do what's right, God will bless you. Yeah. The minute you go in the other direction, you're, not, you're stopping God from blessing things. Mm. Whether yeah. it's your marriage or your relationship with a parent or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a job. Yeah, yeah. 
What are other times, even more recently, can you think of times when you've had to humble yourself before people? Oh, yeah. Because I have, I have a natural thing to be very sarcastic, and there are times I'll say something and I'll put my foot in my mouth and uh, I have to apologize. And sometimes I have to apologize in front of everybody, hmm. you know? Uh, I was angry one day when uh, an alarm went off for a fire drill at school. It was like three times in a row during that period that the alarm got, went off. Yeah. Like, they got to be kidding me. <laughs> and so I go, wait a minute, guys. And I go to call the front office. And there was another teacher in the room. And they go, no, no, this is a real drill. You got to go, oh, okay. So, <laughs> right? so we walk out. And we come back after the fire drill. The teacher goes to me, what are you doing? And I go, what do you mean? You, don't, you can't just decide whether you're going <laughs> to be part of the fire drill or not. You, you can't give that message to the kid. Yeah, I, yeah. I had to apologize to the whole class. <laughs> and then go downstairs and apologize to the person who did the fire drill. Yeah, you, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, wait a minute. This is my time, my class. Sure, sure. You know, it's, it's all ego. Right. I don't think you told the story in this service about the when you were shopping for the groceries, did you? Uh, that was uh, the six, right? Yeah, that was yeah. that was a long time ago. Okay, give me that one. That was, That's good. That was uh, Katie Morrow, who's now Katie Landry. Her and her sister are former students of mine. Her sister lives upstate, and she had seen her sister. She went and visited her, and they were talking about the school, and she mentioned to say hello to me. And uh, the sister said to Mrs. Landry. Oh, Mr. Contis, he's so wise. I used to call him Solomon. He's real. And so, so Katie was telling me this story. And I'm like, ah, yeah, whatever. Right? So that was in the afternoon. Maybe 9, 10 o'clock at night, uh, my wife sends me out for groceries. I get a few bags of stuff. I'm walking back into my house, go to put my foot on the first step of the stoop. And the thought comes to me very clear. Yeah, you know what? You're pretty wise. You are a wise person. And I remember thinking, uh-oh, this is not good. And I got on my knees right there, I'm not exaggerating, and prayed to God that I never want to think that about myself. I don't want to allow pride to enter yeah. into my heart. It's very, it's very easy for that to happen. You could sing a beautiful song and someone could tell you how they t- were touched. Someone could preach a message. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. You could be a doctor. You could save somebody's life. But if your ego starts getting in the way for the future, you're not going to be as an effective doctor as you could have been. Yeah, yeah. I remember when um, we first kind of built this room out um, and we kind of took it from being what it was to all this cool like lighting and sound and stuff and I remember it was finished I remember standing on this stage one day by myself in the room and I just remember the thought coming through my mind look what I have built Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and then I instantly God took me like I didn't even have to look it up he said you remember who else said that and I was like Nebuchadnezzar (laughs) right right before like he got his his nails grew and his hair I could have used the hair but I mean everything everything grew out on him and he went insane until he humbled himself before God and I just remember like instantly same thing I was just like God whoa (laughs) what's taken down it's sad to say but what's taken down a lot of famous preachers Mm. it's pride yeah you know even even when you even when you think of someone committing adultery what are you saying to God you're saying the wife or the husband you gave me is not good enough for me. Huh. I deserve better. Wow. I deserve something better than that. Hmm. I deserve a bigger house like that person has. Yeah, yeah. You know? Wow. Wow, it's powerful. Um, what are practical things these guys can be doing when pride's creeping up? Well, I'm big on writing scriptures on three-by-five cards. I've been doing that for a really long time, and I, I would pick some scriptures out about humility. My favorite one is in Philippians 2. We talked about it before. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus who made himself of no reputation, humbled himself, right? 
And that word, that phrase, made himself of no reputation, means he emptied himself. So we could talk all day long about being uh, humble and want to do God's work, but you know and I know that there's, there's a blessing in doing God's work, and people do come up and compliment you. And just like if you're playing in this band, it's great worship, phenomenal worship. You've got to be really careful mm. that you don't think you're the, you're, you're the big person yeah. doing it all. Yeah. So if Christ could go from the creator of the universe to being born in the manger and washing people's feet and dying on a cross so you can't let something go. Like, yeah. you know, you're working with Doug and you gave him an idea a year ago and it never took place. And then this year he introduces it and maybe he doesn't even realize it. Yeah. And you're gone. I do steal ideas. That was, but, yeah. that was my idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, if it was your idea from your carnal mind, we don't want it. This <laughs> yeah. is garbage. If it was from the Holy Spirit, then you can't take credit for it. You just yeah. got to say, hey, God gave me this great yeah. idea that yeah. I would never have thought of myself. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. But Jesus is the, is the phenomenal example. I don't know why anyone chooses, any Christians choose role models other than Jesus. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Why go for somebody else? Right, can yeah. Go to the top. That's true. Absolutely. Yeah. So it sounds like so much of this is wrapped up in just knowing that we're gods. Yeah, know your significance, your identity, being in God, staying humble before God, surrendered life. It's just a daily surrender to God. Yeah. You wake up in the morning and say, I prayed sometimes when I've been frustrated. God, right now I'm praying for this to happen, which is the right thing, let's say. Yeah. But I'm really not thinking that I want it to happen but override my will anyway. Hmm. Just override my will. I'm giving you permission. Yeah, yeah, even, though, even though I just told you to override my will, I don't even want you to override my will, <laughs> but override it anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know? Absolutely. And just, that's the only way you, you can do it. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, like, it's like there's a million commercials out for getting healthy, losing weight, getting in shape. Infomercials. In the end, it's all the same thing. Eat right and exercise. Yeah. It, 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 it doesn't, nothing changes. <laughs> yeah. So God says, love me with all my heart, your heart, mind, and soul, and your neighbor as yourself. He, here's some simple commands. Just do them. Yeah. Just do them. Yeah. So talk about keeping it simple. It's always, like you said, in the six, always these big books and seminars. and. Yeah. There's a handful of things that God wants you to do. Huh. You basically want to imitate Jesus. You know, for a few years ago, I was wearing those things, what would Jesus yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. First of all, you've got to read the Word of God to know what Jesus would do. Because yeah. I was wondering if people even knew what yeah, Jesus right, would Because right. I give huh. detention sometimes, <laughs> and a kid says, Jesus wouldn't give detention, and I say, you don't know Jesus. <laughs> right? Uh, the Father crucified His Son. The mm. Bible says it pleased Him to do it. So, you know, yeah. imitating Christ, it, it's simple. I mean, you know, the golden rule, treat people the way you want to be treated, sowing and reaping, respect. I mean, yeah. it, it's so simple, but see, our ego gets in the way. If I, allow, if I allow you to mock me in front of a group of people and don't challenge that, I'm insecure, my ego, my pride. Mm. But if I'm like, you know what, man, this, this guy's messed up. Yeah. I pray for him, man. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> right, right. And you can't do that unless you know who you are in Christ. Mm. You know? So I don't, I don't know what to say other than the simplicity of the Gospels, how Christ asks us to live, live humbly, love people, prefer your brother over yourself. You know, it, it, it's, these are all the simple things. When you reap those things, you sow those things. Yeah. If you ask someone who has a successful marriage, I guarantee both people are doing the fruit of the Spirit. You yeah. Know? And yeah. it's by God's grace, but you're surrendering to God. Yeah, yeah. you got to get on the, on the table and let God do the surgery. Yeah. If I, if I need surgery tomorrow and I'm just running around the table, 
<laughs> and everybody's chasing me with yeah. a needle. And nothing's happening. Yeah. I at least have to be willing to lay down. And again, it's not complicated. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't commit adultery. You know what I mean? God, yeah, yeah. God, I mean, the main thing is love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. So what would you do? What would you want done? You know, if, if you messed up, would you want someone ripping into you, making fun of you? Or would you hope that they were understanding? Well, why don't you be understanding? Yeah. And you're yeah. going to reap that back. So it's, it's, it's so simple, actually, and we like to make it real complicated. Yeah. It sounds good to me, man. I don't know. It sounds so good. Just, he's a free guy, man. I mean, I know he's not perfect. He's got his ups and downs, but wouldn't you say he's just living life free of what people think of him and, and living the way that God wants him to and seeing the, those blessings come back? Um, what does pride do to a marriage, do to uh, your relationship with your children? I mean, what will happen? Just an egomaniac dad uh, and husband. It's going to be destroyed. Who here wants to live under uh, an egomaniac husband or yeah. father? Yeah. Right? Why? Yeah. Because everything's about him. And even when you're doing well, you know, you're my son, and, but then if you mess up, I'm all over you. Hmm. You know what I mean? It, it, egos and pride, pride in a marriage, that's why we have more than 50% divorce rate. Yeah. And then we even have marriages that still exist that they don't get divorced, but they're not happy yeah. because I have to win the argument. I got to be right. It's got to be my way. To me, two Christians argument, the only argument two Christians should really have is we're going out to eat and I want to treat and you want to treat. Yeah. And that's what we're <laughs> arguing over. Yeah. Or I know you want Italian, I want Chinese. And I'm insisting that we go, Italian, <laughs> yeah. no, no, I know you like Chinese. That's the kind of argument you should be having. Yeah, but yeah. we're so worried that we're not going to get ours, yeah. whatever ours is. Mm. You know, people, I, I, there are brothers and sisters that never talk again because the way the parents divided up their will. Yeah. I'm like, yep. you know, and I'm talking to my brother anymore because he took yeah. more Unreal. than that. So yeah. why? Because pride always says you deserve more. That's why the whole world is set up that way. It's tapping into your pride. You deserve this vacation. You deserve yeah. this car. You deserve this. You deserve that. Mm. You deserve it. You have a company. Yeah. Huh. I hate when people say that. Oh, you deserve it. We all deserve hell, really. That's right. That's right. Yeah, man. So I don't want what I deserve. Yeah. And I don't want things to be fair. That's right. Yeah. True. All right. Um, let's close up with a couple questions. Um, so we have a lot of Christians here tonight. What would you say their next step is? They are recognizing areas of their heart and their lives where he, you know, pride has taken over, be it in a relationship, be it just in the way they think about themselves, how great they are, or they won't forgive somebody. What's the next step for these guys? I mean, you've got to spend some time with God. You've got you to pull verses of Scripture out and principles in Scripture that apply to you. You've got to ask God for help because you can't. Yeah. By myself, I cannot forgive anybody cannot do it and God the beauty of it is God will give you revelation when you submit to him you know you know how you can love everybody when you see people the way God sees them hmm. you know and the only way that happens is when you get before God so you're you're praying for somebody uh, that even hurt you and then all of a sudden you realize that they're hurt hmm. and maybe they even hurt more than you yeah. and that's why you can love your enemy wow. you can't love your enemy by magic yeah yeah you know we, we had a, a woman that lived next door to us for many, many years, she was never married. She lived with a sister that was actually uh, mentally, had some mental problems, and a mom. They were in their 40s. The mom was in her 70s. She harassed us and bothered us from the day we moved into the house. And it was a, a, a prejudice thing because she knew my wife was Puerto Rican. Mm. She was a librarian in the Brentwood schools back, back in the day. Drove us crazy. 
And I mean, I can tell you horrible things she did, including calling child protective services oh, on us and all wild stuff, real harassment for years. And then I became a Christian and hearing the whole forgiveness message. And I'm like, all right, God, this lady, she, I mean, uh, my kids would be playing in our yard with other kids and she would invite the other kids to go into a pool and not my kids. Wow. You know, you know yeah, little yeah. things to hurt them directly. Sure, wow. You know, but... I became a Christian, and I remember there was a heavy-duty message one time on forgiveness, and I really felt convicted. And I went up in my room after service, upstairs in my bedroom, and I'm praying to God. And I don't pray fancy prayers, but it's like, God, look, uh, I know the deal was the unjust servant thing. Yeah, yeah. Matthew. Yeah. And I'm like, I could say that I forgive her, but I'm really not going to be forgiven. It's like two kids in the schoolyard when they have to shake hands. Right. Right. <laughs> And God said this to me, and it sounds funny, but it wasn't funny. God says she's retarded. And I'm thinking, this lady's a librarian. She's really smart. She's got a degree. She works at a school district. I mean, she's retarded. She is emotionally retarded. Hmm. She does not, not know how to relate to people. She's had a horrible life. Wow. It starts revealing all the stuff to me. Wow. I went from being so angry for years. My relatives would come up. We'd tell stories about this one. Yeah, oh, yeah. what did she do now? Oh, my God, really? You know? And I went from that to feeling so sorry for this woman wow. that we prayed for her every day with my kids for years, bought her Christmas gifts. Wow. You know, she never acted nice to us. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Right, even till this day. Wow. But uh, wow. God will show you that, and then you can actually move in that area. But if I don't get before God and I'm self-absorbed, yeah. I'm not going to see that. Yeah. You know, why is your wife really upset? Oh, she said she's upset because, I don't know, you forgot something. Yeah, yeah. But why is she... Really upset, yeah. <laughs> it's a whole other seminar here, guys. Right. No. <laughs> Don't tell Just her I said that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. No, that's, that's amazing, guys. I mean, are you, are, again, it just keeps coming back to that simplicity of be close to Jesus, know who you are in him, and it's amazing how God does that. So um, what about to someone in the room that's not a Christian, and they're hearing this tonight, and they go, man, I, maybe this is appealing to me. Uh, what? Well, obviously, Jesus died on the cross for them, too. He loves them, yeah. wants them to come into his family and, you know, and pray with him. And, and he wants to love on you and protect you. But you know what? If you've run away from home, your dad can't protect you, even hmm. though he still has a heart to do it. Yeah, yeah. So until you're willing to surrender your life to Christ, you're not going to experience those things. Hmm. But God is so willing and obviously so able yeah. and has already made a way. And uh, I got saved when I was 28, and probably from the time I was 15 to 28, if, if out of the 10,000 decisions I made, two or three were okay, <laughs> that would be, might be exaggerated. <laughs> right? So it's just hard because the world has such a different message about all this stuff. Yeah. The world doesn't want to know, prefer your brother over yourself. Are yeah. you kidding? You'll get taken advantage of. Yeah. You know, you, you got to get in there and figure a way out to to trick people and get around them and yeah. get the best for you. Yeah. So it's a dead end. And it's, by the way, it's exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting trying to control everything. Yeah. You know, trying to get everybody to like you, trying to be friends with everybody, trying to be accepted by you. It doesn't work. Mm. It doesn't work. So I would recommend, the, obviously, the most obvious, if you don't know God, that you would surrender your life because he's waiting on you and he's been waiting on you since the day you were born. Yeah. And uh, you, you'll start seeing a peace in your life that uh, you've never, ever experienced before. Yeah. So the world's offering all of these different things, you know, 
the world's saying, do this this way. Like he's saying, you know, get people back, step people back, lie, come off big, have a big head, do this. And for those of you guys who know John, his wife, his family, you know that what he's saying is true. It works. I mean, you see it. I mean, this guy, you know how he loves his wife. You know how his wife loves him. You know how he loves his kids. You know how his kids love him. It works. It's the real thing. When you come to Jesus, you do it his way, you begin to see these truths. And I would guess if you could plug, if, was, if like John and, and, and Aggie Contest were a formula, you could plug them into your parents' relationship. Like they didn't even know you did it, you know? They just woke up tomorrow and they had the same love for each other and they had the same humility. I mean, that's what we all want. We want those parents, right? Those of you guys in marriage relationships, you know, that's what you want. You want to love your wife and love your husband like that. For those of you guys that will be married, for those of you guys that will be parents someday, Again, it's, it's not a formula, but it is all wrapped up in relationship with Jesus, which is what we've been saying this whole series, that all these things, the overflow of your heart can change, that pride's not in control, and that you can know this humility when you know Jesus and you know your identity in him. So thanks, man. I appreciate you, you so you much. You become who you hang around with, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you hang around with Jesus. Yeah. Awesome. Can you pray for us? Yeah, and by the way, my wife and I, we do disagree yeah. on tons of stuff. We just don't have big arguments anymore. Mm. Awesome. She still doesn't realize that I'm right. But, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. but let's be serious for a minute. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that uh, you are the way, the truth, and the life. If we follow your way, if we walk in your truth, you will bring life to our lives. Lord, we thank you that uh, you are so available and so willing. Lord, help us, starting with me and everybody else in this room, to stay humble before you, to walk with you on a day-by-day, on an hour-by-hour basis, Lord, that we would surrender our lives to you and see the fruit of the Spirit in our lives and be blessed by it. Have a blessed life. We thank you for your word, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.